Welcome to the Hoops and Recreation Halftime Show, the quick fire NBA podcast, bringing you more basketball content with roundtable discussions, league updates, and guest interviews. I'm your co host for today, Matt, and joining me this week, we have again a full house, Mark Wardy. How are you both doing? The NBA is brilliant, isn't it? It's a great sport, isn't it? Basketball. Who, everyone loves it. Everyone should love it. It's funny how, like, I get sad when the season finishes and then I'm like, oh, I'll just enjoy the summer and I do really, you know, enjoy the summer. And then the NBA starts again. I'm just like, the league is just so good. Like they're just, every night something cool happens. Someone has a massive performance or there's a fight or, or, or there's, there's some drama somewhere or there's moves like every single night. And to be honest, this year, it's mostly like really good performances as well. Like so many good matchups, so many good battles. I, I love it. People breaking through to the next, like making that leap yeah, to, yeah. To, to the next level. It's so much different to something like uh, uh, football here in the UK, right? Because, okay, granted, you might have, say, I don't know, Champions League, mid-league, or you might have like an FA Cup or something like that. But for the majority of the season, you are just talking about one game a week. Yeah, one or, or two games a week, Yeah, max. one or two games max. a week. And you've got to talk yeah. about the same performance for the whole week. Imagine there will never be a week in basketball where, I don't know, LeBron gets a triple-double and that's the only thing you talk about for a whole week. Like That will never, ever, ever happen in basketball. Mm. I don't know why I've picked LeBron getting a triple-double of all things, but sure, <laughs> we're, we're rolling with it. <laughs> well, that's one of the things we noticed when we started this podcast a year ago, wasn't it? Like We, we were just going to do it fortnightly. And then we realised that too much happens. Like a fortnight is too long. Yeah, that, that we had to put this halftime show in as well, just to talk about the stuff that goes on in between. And and you, you could do it every day and still oh, have yeah. enough content for an hour episode easy. Well, you think of like um, some of the other podcasts that I listen to where it's like um, uh, Locked On, like all the Locked On series. And then if you guys listen to any of Locked On, but you've got like the Locked On NBA show that happens every single day. But they have I swear you listen to about 75 podcasts every hey, week. I've got to like, do my homework. <laughs> you're always like, I listen to this podcast. I listen to this. I listen to a couple, but you listen to loads. When you work from home, that's how you get through the day. Uh, Is that what you <laughs> have? I can't work when I've got a podcast on in the background. Yeah, sometimes I, I do. I feel like it's like people talking shit in the office. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, shut up. Man. Oh, if I, like, I, I'm my brain, <laughs> if there's not background noise or something to distract me i will just You'll procrastinate and i'll yeah. think about like if, if there's not something in the background for me to concentrate mm. on i will just end up like spending six hours thinking about what i'm going to have for dinner that night and mm. so uh, it, my brain has to have that white noise um there's been a lot happened this week should we uh get into some headlines you're right Wardy. yeah i'm good i'll <laughs> save my voice i had a had a bit of a cold and oh. try not to i, I want to limp Towards the end of the podcast, that's all. We'll get you some honey and some lemon water or something, and you'll be absolutely fine, mate. We'll, we'll, we'll get you through this. I've been smashing back the strep sauce. I'm, I'm good for 40 minutes. <laughs> I feel like you're a hot toddy kind of guy, Woody. Yeah, it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> Knock you out for a week now, would it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> used to be. That's when you had the Charles Barkley uh, dreams. And then that was the end. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Oh dear. We'll, we'll get into some one, one word headlines and we'll uh, let Wardy rest his voice. Uh, for anyone new to the podcast, uh, with our one word headlines, every single week when we do our halftime show, I present Mark with a series of NBA headlines in which Mark simply gives me a single word or short phrase in response. Mark, are you ready? Yeah, first one's a killer. Goes downhill after that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought you meant the first news stories. No, nah, no, nah, the, 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 yeah. the first one's great. Uh, well, I tell you what, the first one we're going to we're going to start this episode just to get this out the way, and uh, that is the Clippers have finally won their first game with James Harden with a win on Friday night against the Houston Rockets. Uno plays the collect four card. <laughs> that, 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 that is a niche level pun. I was going to say, but if you know James Harden's nickname. And if you know they won the game because he got a four-point yep. play, got fouled on the three, then... I like it. You've really thought about that it's... one, haven't you? Oh, yeah. That was a niche level. But I was like, Uno? <laughs> oh, that like works on a lot of levels. He's number yeah. one out of four superstars as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's deep. What's, what kind of level I'm working with with these puns these days? You know? <laughs> well, let's see how that carries on to number two. So uh, <laughs> headline number two, uh, Chet Holmgren uh, has dropped 38 and 10 in an overtime thriller against the Warriors. Wet Holgram. Oh, mm, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't, don't know why that didn't sound right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, hopefully you can pick it up with this one, Mark, as I'm sure you're happy about this one. Mitchell Robinson has moved to third in Nick's history for offensive rebounds with 11 against the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I'm on board with this. <laughs> Is that an offensive rebound or an offensive one? <laughs> like a horrible rebound. <laughs> screaming at you on the way down. Get off me! Like Mellow. Fuck out of here! <laughs> Uh, it could be both. It could be both. Headline number four, LaMelo Ball has been forced to cover over his neck tattoo in breach of NBA rules around displaying brand logos. It'll take more than La Plaster to heal the Hornets. Imagine your name being LaMelo La France Ball. Oh, like... <laughs> How is he a professional athlete and not just bullied? <laughs> he would have been if he wouldn't have been 6'7", like, straight bullied. Yeah, if he was... If he was in a secondary school in the UK he would have been fucked but uh, final headline Uh, Draymond Green has been suspended for five games for choking Rudy Gobert during the Wolves game Dray is still trying to be the ultimate warrior (laughs) (laughs) another niche one I enjoyed that I enjoyed that though yep you've done good you've done good Good. Good. I don't know why he's trying to wrestle people every week Hey, and somehow justify it as if it was really a Rudy Gobert wouldn't hurt a fly. So I don't Couldn't. know why he I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> literally has no control over his body, does he? Like no. he wouldn't know what he was doing. No, exactly. I love how I mean let's let's break this down. So we're we're a minute forty seven into the game, right? There's a there's a, a shot goes up and Clay Thompson has clearly got his hand around Jaden McDaniels, right? We, we, are, we, are we in agreement on this? Yeah, yeah. So McDaniels does what anybody would do if someone's got their, their hand around your neck, does the same thing back to Clay, grabs a piece of his shirt. Then a couple other players get involved. <laughs> Gobert starts to come in to kind of pull them apart. Out of nowhere, Dre runs around the back of Gobert, <laughs> gives him in a chokehold and tries to pull him to the floor. Steve Kerr, is, have you seen his face in the background? He's oh, like, He has no idea what, what? to do. He's like, there's not even the right guy, Draymond. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, honestly, Draymond Green's just hoping that like uh, Dana White's watching when his uh, <laughs> he's waiting for the celebrity MMA fight or something. It's going to be Draymond yeah. Green versus Jake Paul or something. In uh, he's trying to do the Dennis Rodman thing, isn't he? He's trying to trying to do the Rodman. Well, he's going to be going over to WWE or something like yeah. Rodman went to WCW. 
that's it. In that five game suspension, he's going to nip over and have a couple, yeah, 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 couple yeah. of games. He's going to become fights. WWE champion and then come back. <laughs> yeah. did, did you see Kerr defending both Clay and Draymond in the post game? It's unreal. He said that um, absolutely wasn't Clay that started it. Well, you're wrong there. That was very, very clear to see. And then he said that uh, Gobert had his hands all the way around, I think, Clay's neck. He's like, no, he didn't. No. Like, you can tell he's. You can tell it's. He, you can tell with Rudy Gobert's hand gestures that he's clearly like it's that pushing two people apart, isn't it? It's that like right. I'm. I'm. My hands are going into the situation to pull two people apart, and before he can so much as touch someone to try and separate the scuffle, yeah. Draymond, Draymond Green's got him in a bulldog choke. He literally had his like his forearm across his chest like a seatbelt, didn't it? And that was it. That was as high as it went. And that's exactly what you do. You grab someone, you pull him away from it. Um, yeah, Steve Kerr, and then he started blaming it on the tech guys behind him. All the scouts watching video saying, "Oh, they showed me and they told me it was this." So you need to go back and watch it for yourself, Steve. That's not quite what happened. Yeah, they might be a bunch of yes men, but if they are, then they're not giving you the right information. <laughs> no. Talking about um, earlier on, Mark, you were saying that I spend my entire time uh, listening to basketball podcasts. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was listening to uh, another basketball podcast as I was uh, over the weekend. I went to a friend's 30th birthday party, so I had to get on the train and thought, right, what, how am I going to Oh, I thought you were going to say it was so boring. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Chucked a podcast on. <laughs> <laughs> I sat in the corner and just listened to a podcast. No, on the journey, I thought, right, let me just see. Let, let me do a little bit of podcast homework while uh, let, let's use this downtime and they were going through all of the numbers of Draymond being suspended because obviously the big thing is Rudy Gobert said that um, Draymond basically got himself suspended because Steph wasn't playing right and he always does it and they actually went through the numbers some sort of I can't remember exactly what outlet it was but they'd actually gone through the numbers and they worked it out statistically that Draymond Green is four times more likely there's a 200% greater chance of Draymond Green being ejected when Steph's not playing in comparison to when he's playing. Yeah, I think they said that he's been ejected 11 times and seven of them um, are when uh, Steph hasn't played. Yeah. So when you think of it that way, the the numbers are a little bit mad because it was something like he's been ejected seven times in something like however many hundreds of games. Right. And of of course, you can work it out. Like I said, if you think, oh, well, he's been ejected this many times when Steph is playing versus this many Mm. times without. I think it was something stupid like four times in maybe like a thousand games or something stupid like that when Steph's playing and then other than that it was like seven times in 300 games again it's still hundreds of games where he's not been suspended but when you have that little snippet of he's 200% more likely to be suspended when Steph's not playing sounds way better for something like this interesting that Kerr defends Clay Thompson as well because I don't know about you guys but I think Clay Thompson's an arsehole (laughs) <laughs> and I think he's—I think he's been an arsehole for a long time. You, you agree, Woody? I do, but I like him. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, but, yeah, I do as well. I like him as a player. But, but he I think is, he's an you arsehole. saw that. You saw that with um, Booker last year when they went backwards and forwards. I mean, they're both arseholes, to be honest. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, they're in the same you, mold. You could actually, see, they? yeah, they are very yeah. similar. Um, but yeah, no, I agree because that was uncalled for. That was just lazy boxing out. Like he didn't need to do it. They were him and McDaniel's were on their own. Quick box out, that would have sorted that problem. He went for the lazy old man approach and grabbed him by the collar. And the fact that it was so early in the game as well, that's the thing. It's just it's so early in the game. It's not even like 
this was something where it is there's two points in it we're a minute left on the clock like we have to win this because there's something meaningful to it obviously it wasn't in season tournament and of in, in that situation you're working towards the standings or something brand new but to be one minute and 30 into the game and get ejected it's just it makes no sense for any of this to happen i don't even think there was a point on the board by the time this had happened this, this is kind of a new rivalry, isn't it, though, this game? Yeah. Because they, they had that, uh, obviously, Ant in the summer saying that he really likes playing against the Warriors. And then there was that back and forth between him and Draymond a few yep. weeks ago. And then this came, you know, pretty much straight after. So, yeah, we've got a new rivalry budding in the NBA. I was just going to say to you guys, um, Clay Thompson, is he is he done like as a player he was? So th- this season, he is averaging 14 points a game, which is his lowest in 10 years. He was he was at 21.9, so almost 22 points a game last year. So that's an eight-point drop-off. Mm. I can see him, though, because of his shooting, falling into like almost a... And I know that right now is probably not the best comparison because who I'm going to compare him to... I don't even know if he is in the league at the minute, but I'm, he, he can definitely fit into like almost a Danny Green on the Lakers role when they won the championship mm-hmm. where he just yeah, yeah. transfers into that role-playing, almost like uh, um, KCP. Yeah, yeah, like KCP on the Nuggets KCP. type role. Well, uh, nah, come on, man. <laughs> he ain't as good as KCP anymore. No, but I'm saying like he can fit into that style of role where there's not much expected of him. He's just going to be a classic 3 and D guy, which obviously something to a certain degree is what he's, what he's been playing for his most of his career. But there's no way you're expecting the clay of breaking records in most points scored in a mm. quarter and things like this. Mm. I just think that, like I said, maybe Danny Green was a better comparison. I think it's a really good comparison, yeah. He, he can quite easily just become that guy on a winning team where he could pop off for 15 points, but he's also doesn't matter if he chills there with seven. Yeah, off the bench. Yep, exactly. I think you'll only get that version of him, though, if he moves teams. I agree. I don't think his pride will allow him to be that person on the Warriors because he's still Clay Thompson of, you know, with the Warriors dynasty. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, him and Steph and Draymond, they're all, they're all going to come declining very, very soon. And they'll all have their jerseys retired there. Mm-hmm. Yep. They've done everything they could do there, right? They built that team, you know, apart yeah, from getting the, the Durant move. They really built that team through the draft mm-hmm. and it's been exceptional. But really, Steph is the only one who's still playing at a high level. Where would you want him to go, though? I know, obviously, we're playing very hypothetical here, but like, what type of team right now, if all of a sudden the Warriors decided, actually, this is probably, we've got so many young guys right now and the bulk of our team is a bunch of older guys, where would you want to see someone like a Clay go to? Grizzlies. Okay. <laughs> Didn't expect that one. <laughs> I think he'd be. I, that I one think either. he would be great there because be Desmond a starter Bain's there, gonna, wouldn't he? No, Desmond Bain's going to start. Yeah, Bain's been or playing Mar- well. Marcus Smart uh, and and Moran and what uh, and Bain at three. Yeah, yeah. Where's he from? Where's Clay from? I feel like, or is he from? Uh, he, uh, he must. He, he must be LA, from LA. Was he? His dad played. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's California, in isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. His dad, his dad played in LA, didn't he? Yeah, I was going to say he might want to go home then, but I don't think. He's going to be a Clipper or a Laker or anything like that. I suppose being He's not going to be a Clipper. You, you, you can't afford any more players, mate. You'll chill out. <laughs> Steve Palmer will make it happen. <laughs> you got enough. All your guys off the bench need the ball all the time. Let alone <laughs> the ones who are just starting. Steve Palmer will make it happen. It's fine. I'm just. I was just trying to think whether there was a link of like, well, where could we slot him in? Like, is there a bit of a? Oh, he's getting a bit old. Let's have. Him, let's give him a homecoming yeah. type thing. But we know uh, what you were doing, and your link was the Clippers. You want to talk about the Clippers? We get it. I don't want to talk about the Clippers. In fact, I, I really don't. I know we have to at some stage, but I, I know we have to, but I don't want to. 
Do we have to do well, this now? I was hoping to stay on the Warriors a little bit. <laughs> no one is buying that at all. Absolutely not. You made a, you made a segue there. I, I, I want to talk about the Clippers in their last loss. So before right. the win. Okay. Not shaking hands with yeah. the opposition. It's one of the worst shows and, and kind of pointless shows of poor sportsmanship that I've seen for a really long time. Like, I don't get why. It was just a regular season game. There was nothing controversial in it whatsoever, apart from they sucked. I think it's just because of the obvious frustration. And you saw that frustration in the recent win. I don't know if you guys have seen the clips of Kawhi celebrating when James hits the three. And Mm. like, I've never seen Kawhi Leonard. Like the only time I've seen him that emotional was when the shot went in against Philly. Mm. this was relief wasn't it yeah it it was a thank fuck because if he'd missed that shot and it went to overtime or something and we'd lost that game they would have had to explain again how we'd lost to someone like the Rockets and I think that's what the not shaking of hands doesn't excuse it whatsoever but it I think it was just pure frustration and we were all talking in the group chat and I think I said prior that I wonder if anyone actually consulted Russ, PG and Kawhi when this trade happened. Because when when you actually put together all of the quotes leading up to his debut and just after the trade, a lot of the quotes are like, well, I guess we'll see how this works. Like no one actually came out and said confidently, yes, we all came together and we came up with a system for success. All of the stories were, I think this, like, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Ty Lu got us in a, a room and told us we had to sacrifice. But it seemed as if there was no conversation pre-signing. Why would you have a conversation about the system when James is the system? <laughs> I wonder where that was going then. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was it was awful showmanship from the Clippers not shaking the the Nuggets' hands. And it's like the Nuggets of all teams as well. Like, do you know what I mean? You can't get frustrated for losing to like the best team in the league. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it was weak, but maybe that's who the Clippers are now. Or or maybe this win is going to set them on the right track. What do you think, Wardy? You can only hope, can't you? I think it's going to get better than it was. I don't think it can get much worse. And with Harden hitting that shot of all people as well, it's going to give at least a little bit of hope, especially to the fan base and the franchise, that they can do something more. And they're all great players. Like They can make it work. But they mm. just had a bad start. And because of the way Harden got there, it's going to be under the microscope because he bullied his way there once again, um, you know, as we're quite accustomed to now. So I think, he, you know, everyone's going to think he's the, the villain before he arrives and it's going to be bigger attention when they do fail. I think we won't hear from them, hopefully, for a little bit. They'll just be plodding along, getting some wing, some wins, keeping, you know, keeping a pace in the West. And that's all you want, really, because come playoff time, if things are working, they're going to be a really, really dangerous team. Yeah, absolutely. And that win that they had there was a in-season tournament win. Yes. Um, which has got them to a 2-1 and one in the regular season tournament. So I think maybe we'll just give people at home um, a bit of an update on the in-season tournament, because I know people still don't really get it. Um, but... I think it's, uh, it's it's broken down a lot easier now, particularly if you've got the NBA app, you can have a look on there and see the group um, and how that looks. And also um, like the, the wildcard um, section on there as well, it makes it really easy to see how it's broken down. And I think for most people in the UK, if you're familiar with kind of like Champions League table, for example, 
you know it's, it's kind of pretty similar to that it's just a slightly different when it goes through so um all of the games on tuesdays and fridays in november well not all of the games but a lot of the games on tuesdays and fridays yeah, yeah, yeah. in november um are regular season games but they count towards your standings um for the in-season tournament um the teams have been grouped east and west um however they are not in your in their kind of regular um conference um groupings not conference groupings your divisions division grouping thank you very much it's all right they've been seeded um slightly differently um it's all based on last year's standings wasn't it so essentially you have teams that performed good teams that performed badly and kind of in between as well you've got kind of a if we look at say the east group a you've got pacers 76ers Cavs, hawks pistons obviously pistons being the worst performing team last year 76ers being the best and then you've got a couple of kind of in the middlers um and so far uh, and the winners of each of the six groups will go through and then two wild cards they'll be the teams with the best records it's probably likely that the wild card teams are going to be teams that are three and one yeah i would say yeah like the, mo- gone. i was just gonna say there's some groups where like mathematically speaking there are teams that can technically make it through because of this wild card deal but when you actually look on the nba website or on the nba app of the wild cards standings you've got to think of like in the east the teams that are sat there in the wild cards position right now are miami 76ers uh brooklyn and they're currently two and oh, two and one, two and one. The teams that are kind of in the lead so far in the East are the Bucks, Boston and Payson's that are two and oh. So again, like you've just said there, Mark, it's going to be teams that it's going to be very, very close on those wildcard teams. Oh. Uh, I think it's all done through point difference, isn't it? Isn't it as to who's yeah. going through? So, Which has been an interesting part because it, it kind of makes the, the games more interesting, right? Philly had a blowout win the other day, yep. but Embiid got three at the buzzer. And, you, you know, the opposition were kind of giving him a little bit of mouth about it. But it makes said, sense. Nah. <laughs> every, every single point matters. Yeah, yeah. And again, there's a good breakdown on the app and you can see Philly up, yeah, plus 12 in points differential. And that might be the difference because Milwaukee, Boston and Indiana at the moment, they've all 2-0, and but Milwaukee are plus 36 points, Boston plus 17, Indiana plus 11. The the, the big surprise for here, me, and it's, not, not, it's probably a good thing for you, Mark, is the West. Because we obviously made our predictions at the beginning of this season, who yeah. we think is going to win the in-season tournament. And I'd predicted Dallas, which right now is looking very, very unlikely because they are currently in the wildcard standings, 11th in the West uh, with a one and two record, minus yeah, 14. Yeah, they're not making it. No, minus. Uh, but again, that's one of those things that it's like it's a... Oh, statistically speaking, if an absolute miracle happens, they could <laughs> potentially make it. Uh, they ain't doing it. Dallas are out. But you look at the Lakers, they are 3-0 and with a plus 42 point differential. Madness. But again, like you said, Mark, you predicted the Lakers because you thought this is something new and LeBron is going to want to absolutely crush it and be that's part of his legacy. When you think about all of these debates of who is the greatest in the world or who's the greatest of all time, one thing, categorically, if the Lakers win this, that Kobe and MJ can't say is they won the, he won the first <laughs> in the season tournament. Do you know what I mean? Like, absolutely matter of fact, one thing that they cannot argue is LeBron is the only one of those three that is able to say, I won the first in season tournament. So it just builds part of his legacy. 
Absolutely. And they're not even playing that well this year. They're seven and six, but three of those wins, three of their seven wins have exactly. been in season tournaments. Yeah. They're really, I think they're going for it. Yeah, I suppose as long as they get, I think it's one of those teams that as long as they make a, if, if you can finish this season in the playoffs with the in-season tournament and potentially make a run. I mean, we saw it last year with the Lakers, didn't we, where they seeded quite badly and ended up making it all the way through to the Western Conference Finals. Someone like the Lakers would probably think, actually, if we can just get in the mix have this in-season tournament, you could have a chance of very, very slim chance, mind you, when you think of the teams they have to go against. But some some team's going to want to get the double, right? Like, there's going to be a team eventually that's going to get the double. That's the goal, isn't it? That'd yeah. be cool. Really cool to get. They, they do it in uh, WNBA, don't they? Um, but yeah. the, um, the Liberty won the tournament this year, right? They smashed the Aces, and then the Aces smashed the Liberty in the finals. Yeah. And I would love to see that bring a little bit of like, wouldn't it be amazing in an ideal situation? Because this all boils down to East versus West again, doesn't it? As far as I'm aware, like when this gets to the knockout stage, it's still East versus West in a final. Wouldn't it be so amazing one year to have like the in-season tournament as someone like, I don't know, let's say hypothetically Lakers versus Celtics. And then the actual NBA finals is say Lakers Celtics like like you've just said I there is oh, no but... I'm not saying those two teams I'm just picking two teams <laughs> yeah. from east and west based on the standings yeah. right now but I something like that would be amazing like you've just said there with the WNBA it, and it's like in football as well like you know it, it, in the Premier League if you win the Premier League and the FA Cup like that's so so big bragging rights yeah and hopefully the in-season tournament will end up as like with that kind of profile that the FA Cup does have that you know is something prestigious that you want to win at the at the start of the season it felt like it was a bit like the league cup yeah you know where people you know aren't that bothered about it but I, I, we can see as it's kind of got more into it that the players are, are definitely more into it I think that half a milli each um you know that's on offer for the winners has probably helped that a little bit yeah, this is definitely on the level of like a FA Cup, Champions League Cup equivalent now, or at least it feels that way. Like at one stage, yeah. you're absolutely right. It was feeling like the Papa John's Cup or whatever it is, like the lower tier, <laughs> whatever it is. The, I'm pretty sure there's a Papa John's Cup, isn't there? Or something there, was like a, there, was a, there was at one point. Yeah, you mean the check, the checker trade uh, trophy? Yes, that's that, it, the checker trade yeah, trophy. Yeah. It felt like that at the beginning and now it definitely doesn't. It definitely has gone up the ranks since. But uh, we're going to be seeing more games uh, with the in-season tournament. Uh, we are. It is starting to come to a close, though. Day of recording, most teams have played kind of two to three games. I think we've got one more round of uh, group games, I do believe. I think this coming Tuesday, so the day this episode airs, and then maybe the Friday, because it's only four games, isn't it? Um, I'm pretty sure per team. Is it five per team? Five games Four per, per team. team. Bizarrely, yeah. the, the Raptors have only played one game. I yeah, think it's probably because they are the most boring team in the NBA. Um, <laughs> but they've they've obviously got one Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday now. They must yeah, have, yeah, yeah. yeah, them all in a row. Yeah, there's only a couple of weeks left, and then it goes into the knockouts. I think the the, the in season tournament will end early December, anyways. And uh, so we have we're, we're very much at the end of the group stages. With like you said, if you think about someone like the Wizards that are automatically, well, if it, the Wizards are, are out, surprise, surprise, who would have thunk it with an 0-3 <laughs> uh, records? Same with the Pistons, bless them, 0-3 records. But, uh, oh, poor Grizzlies we, as well, and San Antonio. Oh. We've absolutely, if, we, if we're talking about the Wizards, and again, you know, we don't have many Wizards mentions, but we've got to talk about Jordan Poole because he is having a absolute season of hilarity. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen happen in basketball. We talked about him last week, how, you know, you might think you're the number one guy, but you're really a bench warmer. 
and it's become apparent that you know last year or, or when he was at the uh when he was at the Warriors that he was certainly riding the coattails of other great players around him um and didn't realize how much space that was affording him <laughs> on the court apparently as well because this season he is averaging a huge 15 and a half points a game two rebounds and three assists wow do, do we know um in regards to like other players around his position of like averaging about 15 points a game like what other players do we have around him so if we put this into perspective bearing in mind jordan paul we've seen all of the um videos i'm sure we've all seen the videos like from the the people in the crowd filming him ignoring his like timeout plays where like the coach is obviously trying to say what the next play is and he completely ignores <laughs> it this is this is my team i don't need to know the play and then realizes at the end oh shit i should probably know what the play is um when you put it into perspective he's doing the whole i'm him this is my team but like you said mark averaging 15 and a half points uh he is currently drawing with dennis schroeder um, and Lonnie Walker is ahead of him. Uh, OG Ananobi, uh, Evan Mobley, just underneath him. You've got Quick, who we've been saying for ages, sixth man of the year uh, or potential sixth man of the year. So, yeah, he's not really screaming, um, I'm him, when Nikola Vucevic is ahead of him in the leaderboard. <laughs> You're missing a really obvious one in Clay Thompson, who is right oh, at the yeah. end. <laughs> as well. Oh, dear. Bless yeah, him. there was a there was a great highlight video from um, the Knicks win over the Wizards uh, of Jordan Poole just making mistakes, and it was a two minute highlight video. He hit the rim once in it, just to give you an idea of how bad the rest of his shots were. <laughs> Only the last shot he took hit the rim, but it was just air ball three, block three, turnover, missed pass. It was horrific. It's such a shame as well because he had the potential, or he still does have the potential. It might, might just be one horrific season, we don't know, but uh, he can always, he's so young, he can always turn it around. But he really has like this idea of, or he could have such a potential amazing story, right? Like, I don't know exactly when, I'm just going to quickly check when he was like drafted. Um, but he was. Fourth seen him at the season right yeah, yeah, but he was like, it was a fairly late pick. Like, he was what, the 28th pick in the 2019 draft. So it's not like he was a top. 10 top 15 player that was expecting the world and he then goes on to really in that championship season contribute to a decent amount i mean he contributed oh, enough to time, the, yeah, yeah he contributed enough to get the contract that he did yeah. and it's just kind of eight, eight, 18 points a game 18 and yeah a half points a game. he could he could have been this next player of like oh he was overlooked in the draft came through the mm. system he's the next guy that can put a team on his back and i think like maybe again we don't know i don't know jordan paul personally but it seems as if he's kind of almost got that in his head and his run before you can walk type scenario with him. Yeah, it feels like it, doesn't it? I can't believe you don't know Jordan Paul personally. I thought everybody did, but well, I mean, uh, I, thought, I thought I sent him a Facebook friend request, but he hasn't accepted it. <laughs> uh, last year, shooting forty three percent from the field and thirty three percent from three. This season, thirty nine percent from the field and twenty seven percent from three well you never know the season's early um all i would say is that if if we're talking about jordan paul um you You want to talk about cuz uh no definitely not um i was just using this as an opportunity to say that obviously i'm seeing the wizards play in two weeks uh so there was me laughing and joking about the idea that 
it was going to be an absolute horrific experience, me watching the Magic versus the Wizards, the second game of a back-to-back, and that's my first NBA game experience. It's still going to be absolutely horrific, but it's made it 10 times better that I get to see, hopefully, one of these Jordan Paul highlight or lowlight packages <laughs> in reality against a team that is performing better than we anticipated in the Magic. So originally I thought it was rubbish team versus rubbish team. Now it is good team versus rubbish team that has the potential for some decent action. I'm very, very excited. I think you really make some um, some poor choices by not booking your holiday around when the best games are. Like yeah, you yeah, book yeah. the holiday and then check the games. Which, yeah. yeah, you'll know next time. Yeah, 100%. I was, <laughs> I, I, I was talking to my friends, like I said, when I went to this party uh, over the weekend. And when you listen like, to the podcast. Yeah, when I was listening to the podcast and ignoring everyone. And they did kind of say, oh, you see, I, I can see you're ignoring all of your friends and you're listening to a basketball <laughs> podcast. Uh, are you watching a game when you go to America? And none of my friends are really like kind of, well, the friends I was with are basketball fans. So oh, are you excited for America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're watching a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are you watching? And I had to kind of be like, look, we're watching the Magic versus the Wizards. And of course, they looked at me like, who the fuck are the Magic and the Wizards? And I had to kind of be like, this is the equivalent of me going to America to watch like Burnley versus Leeds. And they were like, oh, OK, I get it. And I was like, yeah, there we go. Magic versus the Wizards. There's a, there's a pun there in there, like about how... <laughs> Uh, and you're seeing it on like in Orlando at Disney as well. Do you know what I mean? Like there's it's a magical day. Sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some sort of Fantasia type of type of pun there or something. Going oh on. dear, it will feel like a Fantasia. I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. be in a fever dream like Wardy watching. <laughs> Wardy, what kind of fever dreams you've been having this week? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't really had any. Um, but I did. I, I did see something that I thought sounded like a fever dream. Okay. Um, Mello did. Um, I, I should have checked my sources, but he was uh, tasting hot sauces with some guy. I watched, yeah, Mellow um, on Hot Ones. Yeah. Yes, there we go. Good. Right, okay. So at least you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought you meant Lamello then, which is really <laughs> bad that you said Mellow, no, no. and I instantly think of Lamello, which I'm sure has insulted Mark. But I thought we were talking time. about active players. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, the real, the real Mellow. Yeah, the real one. Yeah, yeah. During his rookie season, um, Master P turned up um, to, to try out and see how he got on, which is. Totally bonkers because he also had that stint with the Hornets and the Raptors, at least in sort of you know preseason. Mm. Um, trying out, I, I'm not sure if I ever knew this. Obviously, he was um, he was probably well into his thirties by then. Yeah, I would uh, have thought so it. because because yeah, he was 31 he... when he tried out, and that was the um, the lockout season. So what was that? That's right, 99. So probably mid yeah mid thirties by then, yeah. which is way too late to be trying to break the league, but. Um, I, but I Mello said they got on really well, didn't he? He said that that, that he, yeah, him and Master P got on really well, and he was gutted that he didn't make the roster because he was really good. Yeah, and he was probably really cool because he's pulling up in a limo, yeah. training. <laughs> yeah. and he's, uh, he's he's not even made the team, and he's like rocking up in a limo, you know, more than Mello, who's you know, like a high pick, high draft pick, someone to look, you know, outside of LeBron, the best pick in the draft, and uh, yeah. he's you know probably carrying Master P's chain or something <laughs> Mello also said that um there was uh a cartoon oh i'm so happy you said this there was a potential stan lee Ca- yeah, like almost marvel-esque yeah that's right where Mello would play basketball during the day and, and fight crime at night and that stan sounds lee cheesy as hell was though. really interested <laughs> in it um and he said that there was a pilot somewhere didn't he that, that no one had ever seen yeah i think so yeah he said he he couldn't dig it out or something he did, didn't yeah. know where the copy of it was but yeah there was essentially a comic of him 
uh yeah playing basketball by day fighting crime by night and i just like the idea that i want to know at what level he was playing basketball by day and fighting crime by night because and how good the costume is for imagine like (laughs) if i don't know you're a a bad guy's mugging someone down a dark alley and lebron or yeah like i said mellow walks out stop don't do that oh of course i will mellow can i have a picture though my son's a big fan but how how does that work? We've 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 had this comic. You were you were too young for it, but Wardy, we had this, didn't we? Oh, just remind Jordan me. Gretzky. Oh yes, Bo Who are, and Bo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and Bo Jackson. Yeah. yeah. What that's was it right. called? Oh, I've no idea. I'm gonna have Bo to find knows. it right now. Pro yeah. Stars. Pro that's Stars. Wow. I'm gonna Google this while you guys are chatting. So it's it. is Jordan, Bo Jackson, and Wayne Gretzky, and they play their sports, and then they fight crime, and also educate kids as well. Which is a staple of like eighties and nineties um, cartoons, doesn't it? Wow. You always have like a, a real moral message at the end. It's great. Yeah, yeah. This is like a trying to make the Mighty Ducks real. That Pro Styles was fantastic. Man, it only had thirteen episodes. Oh man! As a kid, that you know they probably aired one every single week, didn't they? Like for three yeah. years, and you didn't really notice because you've you forgotten. Yeah, the memory of the <laughs> <Same. goldfish. laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can that be during next during next week's episode can our throwback be breaking, <laughs> analyzing an episode of pro stars please? pro stars episode 12 where, <laughs> where michael saves a cat from, from from certain drowning and drops 30 on the pistons all in one day <laughs> yeah i like that so i track in slightly for basketball mc hammer had one as well he did and he had, super powered, so he had some yeah. super powered shoes as well you could talk it was great. And he was in that full MC Hammer outfit with the massive pants, wasn't it, as well? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit annoyed that I'm not slightly older because this, like, American 90s nostalgia just sounds too good. I'm 94, so I'm too young for this. It was a beautiful time. Um, I'll tell you who is a, a real-life uh, superhero in the league at the moment. Tyree Taliburton. Oh. <laughs> no, you're a fan, Matt Sibley. I'll tell you what, I've, I've just realised doing this podcast that I have a gift, right? I have a gift <laughs> of jumping on bandwagons too early. <laughs> because what did I say last year? Last year, I had Tyrese Maxey as most improved player. James Harden fucked that up. And now he's left. Tyrese Maxey is looking like a most improved player. All of last year, I was saying, get Halliburton. And I think I named him in my starting lineup for last year's All-Star game didn't quite make it because of injuries and now he's having an absolute mad one so i'm just really looking forward to who i somehow jump on the bandwagon for this year that is gonna blow up next year so i've I've got a gift i've got a gift i like it you just need to make it work some way or another <laughs> i just needed to happen to bowl bowl yeah. i keep mentioning him he's the only oh, one man. that's doing me wrong so tyree Taliburton uh this season um, has improved from 20 points a game up to 24 points a game, uh, 10 assists per game to 12 and a half assists per game, uh, 3.7 rebounds to 4.2 rebounds per game. Um, and I need to find his efficiency as well because his efficiency numbers have been crazy. And also his turnovers. So low. So low. He's only averaging 2.1 turnovers a game. So yeah, uh, over 10 assists. For, for every turnover which is just puts him at an absolutely elite level yeah i think i'm, I'm re- pleased for the guy 100 recently we had um 
I'm, I'm frantically trying to find the stats. He now, had, I didn't have he had 32 notes. assists yes. without a turnover. I was going to say, yeah. I, I was 30 something. I don't know why I had 37 in my head, but it was definitely, like I said, above 30 assists across like two games with zero turnovers, which when you just think about having 30 plus assists across two games, that in itself is a impressive enough stat. And then you throw in there as well that he was perfect with no turnovers. Just like I said, the efficiency of him is, is incredible. Um, I'm again so happy that it just feeds into the idea that everyone thought after that trade happened that someone was going to lose, and inevitably, no one has lost from that trade. It's mad. Like, how often does a trade happen where both teams perfect get better? Yeah, it doesn't happen, does it? And man, the, the Pacers are winning this year, and. Obi Toppin, I'm so pleased for the guy. He's going into the starting lineup and he's absolutely killing it. Yep. Just shows what you can do when you've got an opportunity and you're in, in the right position. Team who believes in you. It's great to see. They are fourth in the East, yep. seven and, and four. The Knicks are eight and five, though. Hey, there Six we go. Yeah. You're not that far behind, mate. Yeah, we're doing all right. Yeah. Wardy, you've not mentioned the Suns much at the minute. Just want to, just seeing as I, I don't want to talk about my team. So. How have you been feeling about the Suns' performance this week? They're not awful. <laughs> they're just ticking around. <laughs> I think no one's talking about them, which is good. And they've, they're they putting it back slowly. It's going to be a bit, bit of a slow burn. Um, a bit worrying that uh, Bradley Beal comes in and out of the lineup and it's going to have another three weeks off. But, you know, they're just ticking along. That's what playoff teams have got to do, isn't it? Teams like that, they just need to sort of hang around, make sure they get a decent position in the playoffs and then throw it all in at the end and that's exactly where they are nothing to get excited about nothing to get worried about it's just um grayson allen has been playing well yeah he was someone that i liked coming over yeah i liked him we weren't sure if he was going to get in a rotation much were we no i think it's helped with the injuries at the start of the season um with you know especially with bill and booker not playing together but um yeah he's, he's made himself um a cozy little position if not he'll be sixth man sort of towards the end of the season hopefully and mm. um at least he just brings a lot of energy, brings a lot of hustle. He's a, he's a gritty, gutsy guy. Um, hasn't gone totally bonkers yet. I'm sure that's <laughs> yet to come. He always <laughs> has a couple moments during the season. Yeah, he, he's got the most threes for you guys as well, which kind of surprised me as well. He's he's got some really good numbers as well. Like when you look at his, he's currently averaging what 12 points, nearly five rebounds, and nearly three assists a game on, like I said, 46, 47 percent shooting. Like that is good. doing good, doing really good. You just need one or two more people to kind of hit around those numbers and be that consistent. Uh, I think they're going to be a really strong team. But all those guys they brought in just as filler haven't really hit the you know hit the floor running. Haven't hit their stride yet. They're all great players when they're on like different teams all at the same time because they have their moments. You know, like um, Watanabe always looked at him because he looked like he was doing great yeah, in mm. Brooklyn bring him over here with lots of other Watanabe's and it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's not a lot going on here. It was like a, the difference between Joe Harris at the Nets between and then Joe Harris at the Pistons, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny how that happens. So you guys are 500 at the moment. You are six and six. Yeah, that's fine because it was a terrible start. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to get to 500 to go over the top. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like the positivity, and I also like yeah. how you're still. I, I like how we're trying to almost sabotage you a little. We're not sabotage you, but just kind of like bring a little bit of Suns talk. You've been you've been doing very good this this season so far, Wardy. Of just trying to like brush it under the carpet a little bit, and I like how still you're deflecting. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're doing all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not going I'm to tempering much myself. Tempering <laughs> myself because it's twelve games, and it's nothing to get excited. I got excited mm. a couple of years ago when they went really hot and then got smashed out by the Mavericks, and then you know last year when they limped into playoffs, I was getting excited and you know trying to push them on just gonna roll with the punches this year let it wash over me and see what happens at the end because actually the year you got to the finals was a bit of a surprise yeah that was off the back of the bubble i think wasn't it yeah yeah you went from you went from kind of surprise team in the bubble to because you didn't make the playoffs in the bubble did you it's just obviously those last couple of games and it just happened to be the book went crazy for a couple of games in the bubble and kind of carried over to the following season right yeah they went eight and oh the only team to go undefeated in the bubble, but obviously they got pipped on the last day. I can't remember who it was, but it came down to those last couple of games. And I think maybe someone losing to the Nets or beating the Nets. I think that's what it was. But yeah, um, that that created all the momentum. Throw Chris Paul in. It just, everything happened at once. Um, mm. So yeah, I've had that excitement, you know, reached the finals for the first time in 28 years. That's enough, isn't it? Don't get too greedy, Wardy. That's I, I like that. I like that's that's the attitude that we're taking. Don't be too don't be too greedy. You've had a little bit of success. See if it happens. Yeah. I've got a few I'm not I'm not planning on, you know, dying anytime soon. So they've got a few few more years left. <laughs> a few more years for me to win one. Yeah, exactly. Um speaking of a little bit of success, um the Spurs had a little bit of success and now I've lost eight in a row. Uh, Wemby's been putting up decent numbers. Of course still, he has. But they are just not good. They play good basketball. Like I like watching the Spurs. They kind of they play like um, like Holland or Ajax. You know, like that total football. Yeah. <laughs> style. You know, that was like kind of popular in like the 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 nineties. Like they play like that. Everybody's handling the ball. It's like they pass moves. They they run like a college team almost. Right. They're, there's there's not many ISO players. They're actually yeah, kind of more like a college team to watch, and they're fun. But they just haven't got the quality apart from Wemby really. Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. I have I've just had a little look at their last few games, and Wemby's been uh, on kind of the the scoreboards in almost every single game. But naturally, what we've been I'm just having a little look here on like the ESPN website, and it kind of shows you like the the last however many games, and just who had the highest points, highest rebounds, highest assists. Um, Wemby's obviously been killing the boards and the uh, uh, the assists, but surprisingly, across all of their games, he's only been the highest scorer. In two of them, he's it was one on the 11th of November. He was scored 29 points, and then his 38 point win against Phoenix. But other than that, you've got Vassell scoring most, Johnson a few, um, Sohan's kind of 16 points in one game, I think, against the loss to New York. And Collins has been doing all right by the looks of things. He got 28 mm. points the other day. It's a bit surprising that you can lose to OKC. I mean, the fact it was 123 to 87 probably says it all, but. Collins was the uh, highest performing player there with 13 points, which not great for your team there. <laughs> Wemby's averaging 19. Yeah, he's still playing good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty good. And and almost three blocks a game as well. Uh, Chet at the moment, 17, 8, um, three assists almost and two blocks a game. But obviously they've got a much better record and a much better team around them as well. So that's going to go neck and neck I think the whole year isn't it 100% I think it is going to go neck and neck Um, it's going to be really really interesting it is one of the most exciting rookie classes 
uh, for a long time. I just what I do find so interesting though is that the other players that we would assume uh, are going to be pushing, like your Scoots of the world and your um, who's the guy that went to the Hornets who I've now completely forgot. Brandon, Brandon Miller. Brandon I, Miller. I really like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's solid, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to be a guy who's who's got a big, bright future in this league. Uh, currently, fourteen points a game. Yeah, um, and he's a real good defender as well. He's big body, but quick, long. I think he's going to have a real good future. Yeah, and obviously you got the the, the Thompson twins as well. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's such good a players. such a good such a good rookie class. Yeah, it shows the leagues in in, in safe hands moving forward. Yeah, it feels like a rookie class that's going to be they're going to be players that we're looking at in a few years' time as uh, as perennial all-stars, all-stars, people who might be able to take the league forward. Um, you mentioned the Thompson twins. I also like... Um, who's the brother uh, who came in? His uh, Chris Murray. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, Keegan, uh, Murray's. Keegan Murray's brother, yep. yeah, who obviously came in a year before. Like, I, He's not playing great at the moment, but I like him. I like the, like the look of him um, as well. And um, Brian uh, Koulibaly. Right, okay, as yeah. well, yeah, yeah. Again, on a bad team, but I think he's going to be a good player. Jamie um, Jacquez Junior. Is it who plays for oh, the Heat? Oh, the Heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's he's great. I, I like him. Yeah. He's good. He's a good watch, isn't he? Although <laughs> yeah, he I heard is. so us us uh, us Brits call him Jamie Jacquez, but I heard him called uh, Jamie Jacquez on there. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> that, that's probably the correct because... pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, the we'll call Latino pronunciation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jaime Jaquez. Um, but he's good and he suits that Miami team well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's a good watch, like you say. I like that term. Well, he's a good watch. He's so, a good watch, yeah. yeah. He's interesting, isn't he? Like, yeah. you can just watch him and think, what's he going to do next? And when he does, even when he does something that's not, you know, like amazing or super athletic, you just think, wow, he's a real ball player. Like, yeah. And he gets after it, which I like. And there's probably 10 rookies this year who are con- coming in and, and making an impact on their teams, you know, Im- immediately within 10 weeks, uh, 10 games, sorry, which doesn't happen very often. So I'm pretty excited to uh, yeah, to see how these guys... Uh, Derek Lively, we didn't talk about either, but he deserves a mention for still starting uh, over at the Mavericks, who are playing well. And also, it's quite scary to think that normally you end up having these kind of success stories in a couple of years' time, right? Like we always have these stories of like maybe you don't hear anything about a player on their rookie season, and you end up realizing, oh, this person's in their third year and now starting to contribute. Like we've got all of these instant success stories with these rookies, and there's only going to be others that probably come out of the woodwork in a couple of years' time once they've got a few reps underneath them and they've kind of sat under the learning tree of the kind of older players on their teams i think we're definitely going to be looking back at this class thinking this was a huge success for the league uh i'm just going to finish with the next mention yeah sure uh, yeah, right, yeah. because yeah, course, um, yeah. Yeah, we're on a bit of a tear and uh, randall had a horrible start to the season and then last five games he's averaged 25 points a game um seven rebounds seven assists so he's doing well does it? Do, do you kind of feel a little bit confident there? Like, I, know, I feel like Randall's one of those players that, like, one second he's an all star, one second you're just really frustrated yeah. with him. Do you feel yeah. as if this five games is going to be a string of games, or is this just going to be a little? He's having a five game tear up and might not go that way in the future. Yeah, it's really difficult with Randall, isn't it? Because it, like, you just don't know what you're going to get from him game today, and he doesn't play the same type of basketball as everybody else on the team. He's very much an isolation player. Um, the rest of the team play really nice kind of passing game or and it, and it runs nicely through Brunson, who again is having another great year. 
RJ is having a really good year. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also won a few games without RJ um, and without um, Quentin Grimes as well. The big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, came in uh, and, and started and uh, had a career-high 25, seven threes as well. And that's got to be one of the best nicknames in the league as well, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy watching the Knicks at the moment. But, you know, I'll keep it low-key and keep the expectations low as normal. I like how you guys can keep low-key on your team. <laughs> must be really when you've nice. got four superstars bro <laughs> must be so nice. let, let, let's finish on that russ coming off the bench now which allegedly was a request from him this is we've seen this before at the lakers right i if if it frustrates me that he has to do this because we were playing so good with him starting without a certain other superstar but i think it just shows that like when you put it all of the things in kind of like one big list, like when he was at the Lakers, everyone was saying that he was the worst contract in the league, him and Ben Simmons, it was kind of a flip of a coin as to who was the worst contract in the league because they were paying him so much and he was producing so little. And he then comes over to the Clippers and shows everyone that actually in the role that he's in, he can play amazing and push the team forwards. He then signs for a huge cut to stay with the Clippers and have a winning kind of mentality. And now to boost the overall winningness of the team he's now requesting to come off the bench like you just cannot get more of a team player and you see him do all the little charity things where he's kind of like he's really getting involved in the LA community like he has very very quickly become one of the like major parts of this team and I'm very happy about it that's the that's one of the big things I'm happy about with the Clippers I think it's really nice and I I do like what you said. He has become a big part of that community already of all the things that he does. But, you know, he has done that everywhere, which goes to show what kind of person he is. You know, he does get a bit of a bad rap um, from time to time, depending where he goes. But I, I think outside of basketball, he knows who he is and that's that's really good. But see, one thing for me is I'm not buying into this. This is Russ's decision. I think Russ was told you're coming off the bench but he was given a decision. Who tells the media? Yeah, it feels do, like that. Do to you me want to tell well. him it's your decision? We'll make, you know, we're cool with that. Tyloo comes in and says, Look, you're sitting on the bench. You can tell the media it's all your idea. Makes you, you know, makes you seem like the, the, the big person that comes off. And he's gone, Yeah, I'll do that, coach. Well, Tyloo did turn, he did turn around and say that this is his toughest coaching challenge uh, of his career. So, uh, hey. He needs they they need some wins, right? They need some little small moral victories as a team. Only played seventeen minutes as well, which is the lowest so far this season. Um one thing I did notice in your win though, James Harden didn't play like James Harden. James Harden really tried. Like there was a noticeable effort out there. He looked quick, which is the first time I've seen him look quick. He didn't hog the ball as much either. And I even saw him play D. Well, again, someone's probably shouted at him that we've basically put our entire franchise on you, so you should probably play better. Yeah, and I wonder whether that's a one-off game where he was like, I need to do something, especially if Russ is going to drop to the bench. I need to show my willing now. And whether he can keep doing that for an entire season, I am not so sure. Well, I tell you what, we will end this podcast on saying we will find out this time next week because we were just talking there about the fact that the Spurs aren't playing very well and by the time this episode airs the Clippers are playing the Spurs and if we lose to the Spurs uh, and and uh, alongside 
um, kind of any other bad performances this week. It just kind of feeds into the idea that maybe it is a one-off performance. So if, if, if you li- when, when you listen to next week's episodes, if it is me getting more and more progressively angry, then you know that uh, this was a one-off game. If I'm happy next week, then maybe we've actually managed to pull something together. Find out next week's episode of West Enders. You can add that in, but when you when you edit it, massively. I think I just like your rendition. To be honest, I'm not even. I'm not going to edit in. I'm just going to keep your rendition. But I think that's a perfect opportunity to say thank you for listening to the Hoops and Recreation Halftime Show. Remember, if you like this episode, leave us a five star rating and review, and share the podcast with your friends and family. Make sure you follow at Sneakers and Recreation on Instagram to keep up to date with all things Hoops and Recreation. And until next time, guys, goodbye.